Hey everyone, welcome to episode four of I'll Take Three, a movie treasure hunt. I am uh, one of your hosts today. Uh, my name is Alex, joined by my co-hosts. Hey guys, it's Jacob. What's happening? And it's Kristen. Kristen is this... here for the ride. <laughs> if this is your first episode here with us, we are um, myself, my brother Jake, and my wife Kristen. Um, that's from my perspective since I'm the one talking, but they would probably phrase that differently. Nope. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we are uh, talking through a, a different movie every week, and we are setting a new theme each time around. So uh, this is the first episode of our, our new theme, and our theme this time around was chosen by Kristen. Kristen, what theme did you choose for our movies? I chose uh, mockumentaries. Are these... Uh... Are these films that star Colin Mockery? Mm. Colin Mockery. And Ryan. No. Uh, Ryan Styles. Styles. I kept thinking Ryan Reynolds, but that's not the right one. <laughs> hey, any, any mockumentary that stars Ryan Reynolds, I'm into. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, I was going to say, though, the mockumentary, what made you choose that for your, your theme? Um, I don't know. They're just funny. That's that's funny. that's all I got. <laughs> all right, you heard it here first. <laughs> this is the if this is the first time that anybody's ever heard that mockumentaries are funny. <laughs> I hope they. Uh, I hope they write us a letter. Oh. Go ahead and to our so, uh, hashtag <laughs> use hashtag um, first time uh, best time, and we'll, we'll know it's you. We'll know. <laughs> because it'll be mailed to us with a bunch of hashtags on it. <laughs> Just mail us a piece of paper. Remember, remember that? Yeah. Oh, God. I'll treat them. I do remember um, that. All right. This is not a podcast about other podcasts. Yeah, it so. Could be. Let's, let's so push mock- it up. Let's cancel this. And let's push it up. <laughs> Start a new podcast. Start a new podcast. Every week, <laughs> we'll just do a different podcast. <laughs> we'll, tell, we'll talk like about moments that happen on other podcasts. Exactly. Exactly, but I like this I, one because I like I like all the treasure we find on this hunt. With our, I themes. like the treasure too, because a lot of these movies we've watched um, so far have either been ones that I've, um, you know, had the treasure before, or I'm finding treasure in. And this is this is definitely one for me. Um, you know, with with this uh, category too, you know, this theme. This is our first movie in this theme. And uh, I would be <laughs> picking the next film, and then Jacob after that. Kristen was blown away by your uh, by your your take on on the treasure. On treasure, yeah, she was. Blown this away. is weird. <laughs> Do you want to add something about the treasure we're finding? No, I don't. <laughs> Kristen, right. where's your eye patch at? I'm so confused. My eye patch. Yeah, we are so on a treasure hunt, matey. We're on treasure hunt. Usually, have an eye patch. Ahoy! Peg leg. You know. Where's your parrot? I am the parrot. I'm in the costume. You don't. Oh, you're the I parrot. Have, I got the feathers. <laughs> yeah, you can't see because um, this is a podcast, but Jacob is wearing a parrot costume right I'm now. I'm just like head to toe. Like you guys can't even see my, my tail feathers. They're beautiful though. Shake those tail feathers. You can't handle the heat. <laughs> um, but yeah, this Spinal Tap um, is up this time. And this was Kristen's choice. Uh, since she picked the theme, uh, whoever picks the theme 
each time we'll start off. So, Kristen, what uh, what caused you to pick this as Spinal Tap? Um, so I've always heard about this movie and how it's like a cult classic. Um, a lot of people have always said it's like one of their favorite movies that made them start liking comedies or start writing or acting. So I've always wanted to watch it. Awesome. I know for myself, I've never seen this movie before. Um, and I feel like I've seen a lot of documentaries or not documentaries, mockumentaries, but that might just be from watching The Office and Parks and Rec <laughs> because those are pretty much mockumentaries. Um, what are those? So this was, and, you know, I don't know, is this like the first ever major mockumentary maybe? That's because the, the Wikipedia page says something about that, uh, mm-hmm. about it kind of skyrocketing the uh, the genre. Um, it, it says, uh, let me see, according to, um, in 2016, film critic and author Jeremy Arnold um, put Sp- Spinal Tap in the 52 must movies, describing it as one of the most influential movies of the past 35 years, arguing that it effectively launched a- an entire genre, the mockumentary. That's crazy. Yeah. It's, yeah, also, huge... um, it's also in the Library of Congress, which is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. We'll have to go back through and see what other of our movies are. I wonder if Nick and Nora's in the Library of Congress. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, probably not. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't p- place money on that. Um, I wonder if American Graffiti might be in there, though. Empire I'm Records sure. probably. Is, uh, I don't know about that. I doubt Empire Records. Um, but yeah, this is Spinal Tap for sure. Like, would we have The Office? Would we have Parks and Rec? I don't think so. Um, but yeah, we have so this Ricky Gervais. Do we have what? Would we have Ricky Gervais? Like, would he be born without oh, this right. movie? Yeah, he wouldn't even exist. Exactly. Even though he was born before this movie, he wouldn't That's what even I'm saying, exist. Man. Blown away. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, this is my first time watching this movie as well. Uh, it was one I definitely had on my watch list. Um, so it was, it was fun to to get into this movie, especially a lot of the mockumentaries I've seen have not been. Um, you know, with these older mockumentaries, it's been kind of Borat on <laughs> that I can remember watching. Um, how about you, Jake? Yeah, I uh, I hadn't heard of this movie. Um, I was just you hadn't heard confused. of it? No, never heard of it. I felt like I had heard of Spinal Tap, and I felt like I don't know. I've I've probably heard of it, but I never like put it together with the movie. You know, I wasn't like, "Ooh, mm-hmm. that's a movie. That's a mockumentary film or anything." You know, um, you're right. Um, but uh, my my kind of background i suppose in mockumentaries is obviously borat in the office and those kinds of things but um also i watched uh when fred armison had that show armison had that show on ifc uh, i watched a lot of those where they were kind of documentary now documentary now yeah yeah um, that's a good I, I i watched that whole series and loved that so um that's yeah. literally mock documentaries because exactly. they're spoofing real documentaries it's so funny it makes me laugh so hard I love, yeah, that's uh, a good one. Uh, I, I love Armisen. Um, yeah, but that's kind of my uh, my history with this movie. Um, this is Spinal Tap. When I uh, when I did read it or hear it, all I wanted to do was like think of the three hundred thing. This is Spinal Tap. That's hilarious. I think I might have said the same thing last night. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we'll um, kind of dive into this movie. I'll let Kristen, I know she uh, picked this movie, and she probably has some, some quick facts before we kind of really get into the, the meat of the movie. 
Um, yeah, so real quick, too, I just remembered why I wanted to watch this movie and why it was stuck in my head. Um, a couple weeks ago, I actually watched Eston Cho, um, and that's another movie that's written by Christopher Guest, um, and I'm sure some other people probably helped him write it, or maybe he did it by himself, but um, it's kind of like all the same people that are from This Is Final Tap that are in that movie, too. Mm-hmm. And that is what kind of like reminded me, like, hey, you need to watch, you know, this is Final Tap. Um, so with How was, this one, uh, best in show, it was awesome. Like, it was really funny. What's that one it's, about? It's kind of like it's kind of like a mockumentary as well. Um, it's mm-hmm. about like this, um, these different types of people bring their dogs in for a dog show, and it, they like interview and follow like different oh, ones that and. Funny. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, but uh, this this movie, um, this is Spinal Tap, was written by Christopher Guest, uh, Michael McKean, Harry Scherer, I'm messing up his name, and Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner, I know him. Yeah, Meathead. <laughs> right? You're talking to me. Um, no, and he Rob directed Reiner. this one, too, so... This was wasn't this his first He's also um, movie directing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he I is. So. He is the director so in this director, movie and writer. in and of. <laughs> and it was released March of 1984. It was budgeted for about uh 2 and a half million and it overall grossed about 4 4.7 million. So not a big hit or anything like that, but it, I mean, it made money. Yeah. But like, I feel like a lot of movies that came out in like the eighties, like eventually became like bigger movies later. Like, like, yeah, this um, is definitely, uh, the type of movie I've heard being a cult classic. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's all that I had. I have a couple things if you want me to add some. Yeah, go for it. So one thing that um, I noticed that was really really interesting is um, so just the for the soundtrack for this movie, um, there's a bunch of like legal issues with it uh, that's really interesting, um, including I guess where it's like currently happening where as of like September 2020, September Holy 2020 cow. something like really big just happened in it. Uh, let me see what it says. It says um, yeah a settlement between. Um, the studio and then Rob Reiner and all the actors um, was mm-hmm. reached in September 2020 with the final details to be resolved in the following month. So it kind of just got just, just got resolved after all this time. So and it was about the the cast the and soundtrack. everyone yeah. not getting paid. Yeah, because it said that uh, uh, Harry Shearer uh, in 2016 uh, filed a 125 million dollar lawsuit um, because. Uh, Shira claimed that he and the other co-stars only received $179 worth of merchandise and music over the prior Jeez. three decades. And then uh, it says that they got Rob Reiner on board as well. And so uh, they ended up suing for $400 million in damages. And then That's in crazy. 2017, uh, Universal Music Group was brought on as a defendant. And then uh, and then 2020, they uh, settled. So. I bet there's got to be a lot of money in this because I know they've put out like music separate from the movie so people could buy like the record and stuff. Yeah, there's a whole because the whole Spinal Tap band 
is really interesting as well because it's like not a real band, but also it's kind of a real band, which is right. kind of interesting. Um, and all of that as well. Kind of like a Tenacious D style yeah. thing. But I mean, obviously they're real, but a, you know what I mean. I understand. Yes. Interesting. Well, awesome. Let's hop into the movie. Um, we'll kind of follow through the, the story, talk through some stuff. Um, so, you know, the movie starts off immediately gets you into the the mockumentary feel and th- i mean this is straight mockumentary it's there's no nothing outside of that yeah they're not trying to hide about it i should right. wrote my my first note is this feels like a documentary <laughs> that's my note <laughs> yeah they then, did a uh, great job and then immediately you have the narrator who is played by rob reiner the director uh, and he's a he's in a captain hat which is interesting it's got a great like a beard. military captain hat right yeah like a like a like a like a, like a naval yeah, like a naval it has like, like a sea captain yeah or something yeah not like a captain jack sparrow hat though like we no. wear, like i'm wearing no. right now for a treasure yeah, hunt exactly not like that he's not doing I, a, he's not doing wearing right now. <laughs> no but uh, i was just like why why is he what a weird choice for this guy who makes, because because he's this guy who he makes commercials. That's his thing. Is he he makes commercials apparently, and that's why maybe he just is proud of having served in the navy. Who knows? But did he serve in the navy, or did he like buy this at a Goodwill? And he's like, <laughs> I make commercials. Let that's me true. Direct. He wears it the whole time, so maybe just he's really <laughs> fond of the hat. That's what I'm saying. It's strange. Um. Yeah, but he introduces the band, kind of talks through them as if they're like this really you know, monumental band, 17 years and 15 albums they've put out, which my first thought was, um, and obviously gets explained. I was like the heavy metal band has been around for 17 years and put it, put out with this many albums in the eighties. It's like heavy metal's not been around that long. Plus you can't put 17 years in the eighties. That doesn't make any sense. That's true too. But, uh, you know the <laughs> sorry Jake um and then they're they have that new album they're promoting smell the glove and they're going to be doing their first america tour in like 5 years or something like that so and that's basically what the documentary is following is their american tour right and it seems like it's like this big thing fans have been dying to get them back and stuff so oh you really, I have one you're really more going thing. Sorry, that I just remembered about the making of this movie. So mm-hmm. most of the dialogue is all improv. It was filmed with um, dozens of hours of like in, of uh, video was filmed, and uh, it was like mostly all improv in terms of the dialogue and everything. They just kind of had the story um, and the plot points and all of the scenes, and it was kind of all improv, which is really cool. Oh wow. Yeah, that's funny that they they improved so much of the lines because the band actually, the real history of the band, not the the movie history, started at, on a sketch comedy special called the TV show that Rob Reiner and Michael McKean did together, and it came out in 1979. And so, you know, it was always a an improv thing for them. That's pretty cool. And they were on. Speaking of improv, they were on Saturday Night Live to promote the. Uh... They hosted Saturday. Oh, they were the musical guest, I believe. Oh, that's awesome. 
or maybe they were to promote the movie scene. i can't remember what it was exactly but they're on saturday night live or something to promote the movie yeah in some capacity and i know um christopher guest and michael mckean were um characters on laverne and shirley um which is super funny because Kristen's been listening to comedy bang bang's best ofs from 2020 yeah and they talk about that and we were driving in the car today listening to that when they bring it up and we're like how funny is that that we were just watched that movie and it's it's in the uh it's in the zeitgeist right (laughs) that's right um but yeah back to the movie so they're gonna follow them on tour and and you know first thing jumps into is uh you know one of their showing one of their performances and kind of introducing the band. Um, do you remember the song that they're playing to start off? Are, is this where they sing uh, Give Me Some Money? Mm, I don't think that's it. Give Me Some Money? No. That's my first thing. No, it's something thing. about tonight. That's my first thing I have well, this isn't they a, talk about their drummers. This isn't a good, a good start. <laughs> um, the Tamesman song is Give Me Some Money. Okay, yeah, that's the first song I got. Um, well, shoot. It's the. Uh, are you talking about the one where it's like tonight I'm gonna rock it? Yes, that one. I'm gonna rock it. <laughs> that one. Yep. That <laughs> that part's fine, but the rest of the lyrics are weird. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. That's so. That's the song that they're playing when it introduces the band. Um. And so yeah, let's should we go through the band really quick? Yeah. Well, they definitely. Let, let's go through it because they go through it really quick in the movie. So let's right. go through it here. Yeah, so on lead guitar and vocals, you have David St. Hubbins, played by Michael McKean. And okay, I should okay. say, too, that the band say, say that they hail from the UK. Um, they're, the, they're the loudest band. The loudest band. Of the U- from the UK. And um, I don't think any of them are really from the UK. <laughs> so that's funny. The actors, I mean. Um, and then on uh, lead guitar... Uh, you also have Nigel Tufnell, played by Christopher Nigel. Guest, in which Nigel and and David are really the you know the kind of the founders of the band. Yeah, they've been best friends for since they were kids and stuff. And then on bass, played by Harry Shearer, you have Derek Smalls. And for some reason, his name just keeps makes me think of Derek Waters from Drunk History. You know what's funny? I almost thought that, and <laughs> I, then I, for some reason I was thinking small, and then I was trying to think of what else it could be, but I immediately thought Derek Waters. That's funny. And then on drums for now, you have Mike Shrimpton. For now. <laughs> and yeah, they've uh, got their history Was it Mike or Mick? Drummers. Oh, Mick. I'm sorry. Mick it Shrimpton. Mick. Mick Shrimpton. Yep. yep, you're right. Mick Shrimpton, he played by R.J. Parnell, who is uh, the drummer, or at least was the drummer for Atomic Rooster, um, a, a real life band from from Britain. But he was not the he was not the founding drummer, of course. Of this is Spinal Tap. Of oh, this is Spinal Tap, yeah. Of just Spinal Tap, I should say. Yeah, of of Spinal Tap, yeah. This is Spinal right. Tap is. He, I guess he would be the founding drummer. He of was the, the founding member of <laughs> And then on keyboards, you have Viv Savage, or I was calling him Savage when we were watching <laughs> the movie. Um, played by David Calf, who is a um, real 
keyboardist from the English progressive rock band Rare Bird. So he is English. He is, yep. The real musicians in this band are the three um, actors playing musicians. <laughs> are not. The three important then, people for the movie. Um, the last person not truly in the band is their manager, Ian Faith who plays a big role in the band played by Tony Hendra, who is, he is from the UK. Hey, can I be the co-manager of the band? Um, that might be a little dicey. I don't know how well it'll go over. It'll be fine. You think they're, you think they like having a a co-manager? I I can't see that being a problem. That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm pretty sure. I think it depends on who it is. That was the problem. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I could do it. I ain't playing yeah. out for nobody in the band. Yeah, let's get you let's get you a time machine. We'll go back <laughs> in in time to when they filmed this documentary. Hey. We'll start I'm on board. A, all right. Okay. This is a, this is for another podcast. Well podcast. Alright, awesome. Um and I like too how the band um <laughs> well, podcast the uh Spinal know. Tap Revisionist History podcast. Okay, great. Book it. But I was gonna say I like how the band, each of the the members, they kind of have their own different style. Um, like <laughs> they're not a cohesive metal style. Yeah, music. it's kind of like they all represent like the different like subgenres of rock. Like and I know I, I remember saying like David was kind of like the more like glam rock. I thought because of like his like billowy shirts that he we, he'd wear or something and then nigel was kind of like the more i don't know like the hard rock kind of persona because he would always get right. like super crazy playing his guitar <laughs> and then derek kind of has the the wild kiss almost style <laughs> he doesn't he's not all painted up or anything but he definitely is leaning more <laughs> towards the theatrical look um awesome so you we've got the band and then we kind of you know since it's a mockumentary they jump from you know filming what's happening on the tour and then you know in interviews with the the band or other people that they talk to which always feature our favorite narrator martin marty de burgi played by rob reiner i'm just gonna call him captain captain (laughs) captain reiner let's call him captain Captain Reiner. reiner I think you'd like that. I think you'd approve for sure. Oh, Captain, my Captain. That's the wrong movie. That's the wrong oh, okay. Rob. <laughs> the wrong Rob. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I w- I wouldn't mind seeing Robin Williams in this movie. Hey, I'd be like, who would he play? Um, the another mime waiter. <laughs> the, the mime waiters were awesome. <laughs> I loved it. I can't believe I know. I knew some of those mime waiters were. Um, but yeah, so we'll kind of just, um, you know, talk through it. So I know we might bounce around. We'll see. The um, you know, kind of the first thing that it pops to in an interview is talking through the band's history, and it has a really <laughs> just it, the the improv dialogue in this is so funny. But they're talking through how they started as a band because um, they kind of got their first taste of fame as the um what was the name of their name band of the first one 
well, the Tamesman. The Tamesman, yeah. And Michael McKean's character is talking about, you know, well, before we were the Tamesman, we started off calling ourselves the Originals. Yeah. But we had to. It turns out there was another band in a different area called the Originals, so we had to change our name to the New Originals. <laughs> But the, <laughs> then they changed their name to the regulars, so we thought, oh, could we, we sh- could go back to the originals. <laughs> but we're like, no, never mind. And then we changed our <laughs> name to the Tamesman. <laughs> <laughs> the new originals. It's the only band I listen to. <laughs> That's not a bad name. It's kind of, especially like a satire band. Yeah, <laughs> definitely funny. not bad. Not, it's not banned. It's not bad. It's not banned. That's not banned. It's, it's not, not a banned name. It's it's you could use it. It's not banned. It's not banned from being a band name. Yep, exactly. Hey, do you think the uh, the band from Nick Nord's Infinite Playlist want to be called whatever we were just talking about? The new originals. <laughs> well, their band name does pop up in this movie. Yeah, it does. I wrote it down. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Thames Thames shit sandwich. Too bad Fistful of Vassals wasn't in, in here at all. It's 1984. <laughs> They're not ready for that. But the Tamesmen, they have a, um, you know, that early 60s style, Beatles style. So you kind of realize, oh, this band has just been changing with the times. They're not yeah. really. <laughs> there's nothing they, about them musically that is. I was, you, I was so confused own. when that happened. I was like, wait a minute. I thought they were a metal band. <laughs> <laughs> what are their influences and at right. one point I'm like we guys screw this let's be metal guys I know they're just like where can we get some people to watch us play where can we get you know what kind of style of music do we need to do <laughs> literally literally anything we'll do it please which watch I us. mean you, it shows them a little later too playing like hippie music for the later 60s before they get into when the, the when they're in the flower, the flower flower power or whatever they're uh Right, the listen to the flower people song. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and then their Tamesman, it shows their their song, Give Me Some Money, which is the one you were talking about, Jake. So during that part, uh, they had like kind of a video for it where they were playing. And the facial expressions that they were making as they were playing these songs, I was laughing so hard because they were just making faces where they looked like they were just... I'm not even sure how to describe it, but it was just kind of like, <laughs> like I know they're just like, oh yeah, yeah. we're the Beatles, they're just feeling it, yeah, very <laughs> into themselves. These are my Beatles faces. <laughs> it was fantastic. I, I was laughing so hard. Um, and that's you know when they're showing the teams, and that's when it shows their original drummer, and we learn the history of their drummers. And that that first drummer is played by Ed Bagley Jr., also, which I thought was cool. Yeah, and that first drum drummer was a uh, uh, John Stumpy uh, Peppies. Yeah, the the peeper. The peeper, yeah. <laughs> but he uh, he uh, he got in a bizarre gardening accident. So yeah, un- unexplained gardening yeah. accident. Best left unsolved <laughs> is what they was what they said. <laughs> yeah, they didn't look too much into it. <laughs> but he was replaced by a uh, Slumpy Joe, you know, Eric Childs. Yeah, Stumpy, Stumpy Joe. Yeah, Stumpy which Joe. his name's not even Joe. Yeah, <laughs> his name's Eric. Yeah. Um, and then he he died. He choked on on vomit on stage. Uh, is that a, a non origin though? Like, 
Yeah, it was someone someone else's vomit. They don't know where it came from. <laughs> but they can't prove that. They can't dust for, for vomit. Oh man. Yeah. And then yeah, uh, so... then so the 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 drummer's constantly changing. Uh, but every every are... drummer meets a, an untimely demise. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> in the band. What are the they on with uh with Mick Shrimpton? Is he like their thirty seventh drummer or something like no, that? No, according according to the uh, Wikipedia page, they have uh, one more drummer. Um, so the the timeline for the drummers are uh, John Stumpy Peppies uh, from sixty four to sixty six, uh, Stumpy Joe from sixty six to sixty seven, um, Peter James Bond. Uh, oh yeah, sixty seven <laughs> to seventy seven. So he was there for a decade. Uh, but he spontaneously combusted on stage. <laughs> Man, and those then, poor uh, drummers. Yeah. And then it was Mike Shrimpton for that. Mick. It's Mick. Mick. I'm sorry, Mick. Um, you know, uh, th- this movie, us calling him Mike, it reminds me of, of uh, our fr- friend's podcast, um, Lance and Cody's and Owen's <laughs> podcast. and. Yeah. I guess start on their episode about Christmas Vacation. And that and podcast Lance, is uh, Filmoscopy. Filmoscopy, yes. Shout out to them. Um, Lance would not stop calling Ellen from Christmas Vacation Hell. <laughs> 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 oh, so then man. you just kept calling her Beverly? Yeah, I'd call her Beverly <laughs> or Helen. It was hardly ever Ellen. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, man. That's I thought you were about to tell the story about Nick and Mike's favorite cookies. No, no, we don't which need is, to know which, about. If Mike's you want to hear about that, you can listen to the. Yeah, uh, listen to listen to Thomascopy because they tell that story and it's very funny. Um, awesome. So you know, from here, kind they go to the, um, you know, the band's first. They're kind of having like a start of the tour party, and it's at uh, the it's at uh, Bobby's house, right? Bobby. Is not at Bobby's house. Is that not correct? I don't know who's Bobby. Maybe it is. Oh, Bobby is that Fran is... Dresser? Dresser? Yeah, that's her. Dresser. Oh, okay, yeah. that's her. I wrote the nanny. Yeah. So okay, <laughs> that's I don't. I wasn't even um, getting the characters right, but I do know the guy who, um, you know, the record label guy. His name is uh, Sir Dennis Eatonhog. <laughs> <laughs> I I know that's that. Like, it's like one of those names they do. They would do all the practical jokers where they're trying to get the guys to laugh and they're reading the fake names. Right. That's perfect. Cranjus <laughs> um, <laughs> McBasketball. Is there a Cranjus <laughs> McBasketball here? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, but yeah, Frangis, I was like, is that the nanny? Because it's, it's like, it sounds like her, but she's not as turned up as she is as the nanny. Yeah, sure I... Enough, uh... I definitely heard heard the voice, but did not did not uh, make the note. Right. But I'm and pretty sure it was her party or something like that. Yeah, they're having a kind of a start of the tour party, um, kicking off the tour. And yeah, so she's like, she works for the record label, um, Fran Drescher as Bobby uh, okay. does, and then I guess kind of works for their the guy who run, runs the record label, Sir Dennis Eatonhog. Um, so and yeah, at the party, uh, you know, it's a catered party and the waiters are all mimes. Yeah. And do you know who some of the mimes are? I do. I, um, I, I obviously caught the main mime who has some lines, Billy Crystal. 
<laughs> and then I didn't catch um, is, the other uh, mime until the is, credits. He is um, Morty the mime, Billy Crystal, according to uh, according to Wikipedia. Yeah, but the uh, the mime waitress is Julie Payne, and the mime waiter who makes a very funny face and uh, made me laugh very hard. And it's very <laughs> obvious who it who it was once I once I put two and two together. I was like, oh my gosh, that's totally him. Uh, it's a uh, Dana Carvey. That's the, hilarious. Later. So, that surprised us so much when we saw it in the credits, huh, Alex? Yeah, I didn't even notice. I was like, where was he? So. <laughs> yeah, like I noticed the mime, but I wasn't really paying attention to what the mime was doing. Yeah. But yeah, that's like a young Dana Carvey too. Because what did he start on SNL in the early '90s? Was it probably maybe late '80s? Couldn't even tell you. I wasn't alive. But yeah, that was awesome. Two little nice pre-fame cameos. I mean, was Billy Crystal? He probably wasn't too famous as of yet. Maybe '84. Yeah, he must have been at least partly famous, but partly famous. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Is this, a, is this the episode of where we talk about Billy Crystal's filmography? No, I was thinking we were going to start a podcast called Partly Famous, and we talked about people who were like almost famous, and then or, they didn't actually become famous, or they were... Like, we'll they were partly about, famous. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, the left arm, it was somebody else's like really famous arm. I have Teddy Roosevelt's arm. Looking him up, he did star in a movie called Rabbit Test with Joan um, Rivers in 1978 about the world's first pregnant man. That's interesting. Yeah, anything else about the party? Nope. All I had was uh, the mime. Sweet. Nothing from you, Kristen? No. Okay. That was it. All right. Um, yeah, so then they leave the party. Um, and then they, is that when they hop in the limo? Yeah. Um, limo. Yeah. And the and limo the li- driver, I'll tell you one thing. He loves him some Frank Sinatra, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is compared to Frank Sinatra for him. And somebody in the, the back of the limo with the band is reading, um, Sammy Davis Jr.'s book. Yeah. And so he starts talking about how Frank Sinatra, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. And the band starts just, they roll up the window on him. I don't know why, but during this part, I couldn't stop thinking about Richard Cheese. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Which And so if you don't know who Richard Cheese is, Richard Cheese is a musician who basically he uh, plays songs uh, in the style of a uh, Frank Sinatra type. Um, and he, but he's like covering songs like... Um, Oh God! What's 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 some thing that he's done, Alex? Well, he'll he'll cover like songs you wouldn't expect to be sung by a, like a lounge singer. Like um, he would cover "System of a Down" or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and it, sing it like a lounge singer. Like I or I remember he did um, what's that band's name? Papa Roach. Papa Roach. They had yeah. that last resort song, and he yeah. sing. He's like, "Cut my life into pieces. This is my last resort." He would yeah. sing it like a lounge singer. It's hilarious, but for That's some reason funny. that 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 made me think about that. Um, I like Frank Sinatra though. He's good. I I would always sing it. Um, Frank Sinatra. Uh, he's good. Wouldn't Isla or Lo? He's good. <laughs> he's good. Wouldn't our one of our kids say like 
I'm gonna do it my way or something, and I'd I'd sing. <laughs> I'm gonna do it my way. Yeah, we're always like, "Who are you, Frank Sinatra?" Yeah, say <laughs> <laughs> <Save> that. <laughs> um, and the the guy who plays the limo driver um plays Billy Crystal's best friend on um City Slickers, and on When Harry Met Sally, I think too. Or he They're plays, born to be best friends. Yeah, he plays somebody on When Harry Met Sally. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. Um, yeah, so that, I thought that that was pretty good. And then we, you know, we jump to a, a performance from Spinal Tap, and you know these first few shows that they're doing on the tour, they've got you know decent sized crowds. Um, everybody's pumped to see them. Yeah, they um, sound good. I thought. Uh, I was like, man. I miss concerts like, still, and uh, they seem they seem like they'd be pretty good live. Based on this, they seem fun. They seem like they're having a good time. Yeah, and this is a uh, was this the Philadelphia show? Um, I think it might have been, or it might have been was, New York. Because that's my next my, that's my next note is Philadelphia. Yeah, show. but they're playing um the Big Bottom Bum Cakes song. <laughs> hmm. And uh, I I like to um, Derek Smalls is playing the double bass, <laughs> which <laughs> I, I get a double guitar because yeah. you can have that you know different tuning, but I don't get the double bass. Hey, all I was thinking was, <laughs> and I love you, man. Why didn't Paul Rudd have the double bass? He's got the the double guitar going. He could be slapping the double slapping bass. The double bass. <laughs> um but i did uh if it was the philadelphia show um there was this part where they were rocking out and the guy on the lead guitar um uh he was the way he was looking at the camera just for some reason i don't know if you guys have seen this and i'm talking about paul rudd again but um jimmy fallon on his show they had done a thing where uh jimmy fallon and paul rudd basically remade a video from the 80s with stick a sticks video and there's this part where he just like looks into the camera and he plays and it looks oh, exactly like this spinal tap thing and it looked like jimmy fallon for a minute and i was like oh my gosh what is happening but if you haven't seen that's that nice. uh jimmy fallon and paul rudd do sticks too much time on my hands go watch that because it's fantastic i'll have to check that out too because i don't know if i've watched that i oh, love man, paul rudd great. though yeah um real quick to that big bottom song that they're singing um, that was kind of like a, not a parody, but um, Queen actually had a song come out in the 80s that was called Fat Bottom Girls. And it was kind of like a play on that song. I thought that was funny. Because I really like, like Queen, so <laughs> I thought it was fat funny. Fat Bottom Girls, living in a fat bottomed world. Is that how it goes? No, that's not how it goes. <laughs> what are you, Frank Sinatra? I'm just kidding. That right how, how does uh, Fat Bottom Girls go again? Um, oh, you gonna take me home tonight? Oh, down beside. I can't remember the words. That's it. But yep, it's like it's like Fat Bottom Girls. You make the world go round. Um, for the the audio listener, Jacob in his parrot costume just lit a lighter. <laughs> so. Yeah, I had a lighter and I lit the other lighter. He lit 
Yeah, he accidentally lit his costume. So quick, quick <laughs> uh, break, and we're back. What stop, uh, drop, and roll mean again? You know, I really thought you'd have to know stop, drop, and roll a lot more when I was a kid. You learn that so much, and it never comes up in life. Not even a single time. It's like it's similar to quicksand. <laughs> Shout out to uh, John Mulaney. Hope he's Who? doing well in rehab. <laughs> never heard of him. Now I feel bad for joking about that, but for real, I do hope he's doing well <laughs> in rehab. Uh, well, he's doing well financially, so that's true. Um, yeah. The next thing I have written down here is shark sandwich. I got shit sandwich written down. That's so, do you guys remember why they talk about that? No, not a clue. But I got it written down. <laughs> um, that's. That's Let's great look that up really right? quick because, yeah, we need to know. Here we go. I got it right here. So, um, yeah, so they're talking about reviews of the band. Um, and one of their albums was called Shark Sandwich. And they're talking about, you know, how their albums were reviewed. Um, and <laughs> so they um, say the review you had on Shark Sandwich was just two words. Shit sandwich. <laughs> they're like. Who, who published that? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good review. I like it. Yeah, so I thought that was funny. Yeah, they so their their albums are not very well received, and you find out their their newest album, "Smell the Glove," is going to have quite the cover. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit uh, sexist, if you ask anybody. Anybody. <laughs> <laughs> The band's like, oh, sexy? Uh, that sounds good. <laughs> they could have made it sexy if they just like uh, switch a little bit. Do we want to give a description of the uh, yeah of the album cover? Yeah, go ahead. Well, I've got it right here, actually. Um, you so got they... the album cover right there. <laughs> I wish. I, th- I thought that <laughs> you wish you had this album cover. Is it because it's sexy? I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing it. I'm or super into sex. I'm into this. black gloves. That's the part I wanted to see. But. Uh, yeah, so the album cover has a greased <laughs> naked woman on all fours with a dog collar around her neck and a leash and a man's arm extended out up to here, which I don't know what that means, <laughs> holding on a leash and putting a black glove in front of her face to sniff it. So obviously it sounds pretty offensive. Um, that's what they, the, that's going to sell a million records. It's called Platinum. Uh we we do know Eaton Hog is not a fan of this album <laughs> plan. <laughs> nope, and we find out that he uh, he is going to go ahead and change it by himself. Not by himself. He's not going to like change all the album covers. <laughs> by himself. Changing every record every cover, record. exactly <laughs> every single one. He's gonna go to your house, and if you bought it before, <laughs> he's gonna change it. Oh, right. Um. So yeah, they uh, they decide they're gonna have to compromise on the album cover, um, which I'm, I'm not even sure if that's where we're at in the movie. I don't know. My I got shit sandwich, and then they have some kind of a, they have another party or something. Of some sort, because Bobby is there, uh, Fran Drescher is there again, right? Because but, uh, I wrote down is Bobby an alcoholic, but then I I was gonna erase it because she didn't 
drink her alcohol for very long. There's like half a second and she put it down. But for some reason, <laughs> I was like, man, I feel like she's been drinking the whole movie. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember that. I, I, I do remember. remember yeah, I remember. It does come from her, though. The the talking about the album cover. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I know they go to a part where, um, you know, David and Nigel are talking about the band history and their history, and they're eating in like a food court, and Nigel, um, takes his gum out of his mouth to eat, <laughs> but he just leaves it on his finger. And David's like, why? Why do you have your gum on your finger? He's like, so, so I could save it for later. He's like, we'll just put it on the table. He's like, well, I'm, I might forget it. <laughs> so he's just holding the gum on his finger the whole time. <laughs> we, we could, uh, we should, we should do a theme about movies where gum is heavily involved. We could do this movie, and we can do Nick Norris and Flint playlist again. Okay, that's true. This gum, I wouldn't say it's heavily involved. It's heavily involved. <laughs> This is the only scene I remember from the whole thing is this gum thing. <laughs> Everything else I forgot. Um, but yeah, so they and they play like a they sing a song that they had written when they were kids too, which actually sounded pretty good. Well, their older um, stuff is apparently better. They had fans then, right? They were less worried about just doing stuff to appease people and change be, their style completely, right? Um, yeah, and then they, you know, they kind of jump to another, they're at another show and then backstage, um, who is, I think it's, is it, um, Nigel who's it, wanting to eat some food? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a sandwich. Nigel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've, the they've got a, like a platter of, of breads and meats and the, the bread is too small. And he can't, the, he can't fold it. He, yeah. He's like, <laughs> well, just fold, fold the meat. Um, Nigel, and he's like, I can't. You want me to just? He's he not understanding. He's like, you want me to fold it? The bread breaks. I can't. <laughs> the fold bread it. breaks. It's <laughs> like I need bigger bread. Because it's too small. You, you <laughs> can just fold it over. Oh, loved it. And then he then he grabs the olives. He's like, this one doesn't have anybody. This one does have a little red one. This is a mess. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be a little bit of drama queens. And that that might have been um, the. F- the Philly show, I'm not sure, but that's yeah. No, that's they, later they, on. Their I think Boston gig gets canceled, so that you know, they're like, ah, oh, that's not. A, let's go to Philly anyway. That's more of a college town, <laughs> which Boston has a million <laughs> colleges. That's funny. Um, oh wait, they play that um, hellhole song. Back up with the with Boston being canceled. Is that where they run into that other rock star in the lobby? That's in Memphis. That's in Memphis. Okay, my mm-hmm. bad. Wrong part. <laughs> um, yeah, so they they play Hellhole, and I think that's when um, Nigel has that guitar solo. Okay. And he falls over backwards. Yeah, and then the, <laughs> like, the roadie guy comes out and starts like twirling him around. Yeah, he, he can't get back <laughs> up. <laughs> and he doesn't want to cut his solo short. And so oh somebody God. has to come up and lift him. <laughs> that's so funny. Is that? I don't know if that's the same if that's the same show or not. I think it might be, but during that, um, they kept they kept having these close up shots of all the guys in their pants, and they all had these mm-hmm. kind of sparkly pants, and they all had like these bulges, and I was just like the bulges, was yeah, that I, uh, <laughs> that I took away from from that scene. That's okay. funny. Um, awesome, and then uh, it jumps from there to 
because Nigel has his solo, I think, to when they talk. And Nigel is showing off his guitars. Yeah. Um, you know, to the um, to Captain the documentary guy, the the captain. Um, and I love what he's showing off. He's like, "Look at this guitar. Um, just listen to it." And they <laughs> keep going. He's like, "I don't hear anything." He's like, "Well, if I was playing it, you could hear." It. <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Oh gosh." And then he says, uh, "And then he's like, well, look at this one." And he's like, "Don't touch it." And he's like, "I wasn't gonna touch it. I was just pointing." He's like, "Well, don't point." He's like, like "Don't even I, look at even, it." Yeah, can I look at it? He's like, "No, you, that's enough of that." <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, this is uh, kind of an iconic scene of the of the uh, movie. He shows him his his an, an amp, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or uh, was it just a guitar? And the guitar. Yeah, the amp. Yeah, the amp. And the amp, it's a little bit louder because you know they're the loudest band in the UK. It goes up to eleven, and uh, you can't seem to understand that. What if you just made ten a little bit louder? It can go up to ten, but it goes up to eleven. It's louder. <laughs> and something that's actually pretty cool is um, on IMDb, uh, Spinal Tap is actually rated out of eleven stars instead of ten. Oh, that's, that's hilarious! Cool. Yeah. Yeah, the all all these go up to eleven. That's pretty iconic line. Yeah, I think yeah, that's you know the thing I knew about this movie because it's obviously um, one I hadn't seen but I had heard of, and that was really the main thing I knew about it was the all these go up to eleven. See, and I knew that, but I had no idea it was from this movie. Yeah, it's it's uh. And then you you probably see stuff that goes up to eleven now to pay um, homage. homage to this movie. That's homage. a big word. <laughs> homage. Homage. Hey, Homer. Oh wait, that's somebody else. Sorry. <laughs> Homer. No, that's what is my saying? Um, speaking of the Simpsons, though, Harry Shearer voices a lot of characters <laughs> on the Simpsons, yeah. and every time, because he plays Derek Smalls in this, every time he would talk, I'd be like. Hey, that's Principal Skinner. <laughs> that's that's Mr. Burns. <laughs> damn it, Bart. I don't think he ever said damn it to him, but <laughs> I think he, I think that's his only line. <laughs> um Yeah, and then I wrote here Duke Fame. Was some, that's is that, that other that's rock the guy you talking yeah. about? Okay. Yeah. Did you want to talk that's about like, him? They run into him when like they can't get their hotel room or their suites that they were yeah, because they're to supposed to have booked seven suites, but instead they booked seven <laughs> rooms on the seventh floor or a yeah, room on the seventh floor. One, one like they wanted seven suites on one floor, but they booked one suite on the seventh floor. Yeah. And they're like, how, how are we going to sleep 14 people in here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I guess yeah, so this, they, this guy, what's his name? Duke Fame. I guess they kind of like grew up, uh, not grew up with him, but kind of came up with him or did some games with them or something like that. They have some history. And he's playing big arenas and they're playing little, you know, 1200 person, um, small arenas. And they're getting reviews like that's shit sandwich. Right. <laughs> also, don't they talk about like his album cover versus theirs? Yes, yeah, they like, do. This is very sexual. Whereas there's this his sexist. Is, they're like yeah, the roles are reversed. <laughs> yeah. He, he's getting demeaned by a woman. Yeah. Um, instead of the other way around. <laughs> it's like, and, we had just done that. If we I had know, they're like the glove. <laughs> there's a it's a fine line between stupid and clever. 
Somebody says that. I, I like that. That was <laughs> That's a good line. so true. Um, and then, yeah, the Memphis show gets canceled. Um, and they end up having also a bunch of Midwest shows like St. Louis, Kansas City, Des Moines. They all get canceled, too. Yeah, and so, Ian is not happy. Yeah, their tour is not going well. And he's got his cricket bat, which he always has with them. And he is busting some shit. Right? Yeah, that he's that's his that's <laughs> how he gets his um Yes. His emotions out. Is with his it's it's right like an intimidating thing too, I mean. Right, that too. <laughs> and I just I like the idea of Ian walking around and just like give me a coke and like Sir, it's a 25 cents, and he just, like, pulls his cricket bat out, and he just, like, hits the counter, and he's like, give me a Coke. I like that idea. Yeah, I, I need to get me a cricket back. Now, Wicket. Wicket. Are you from Bo- Are you from Boston? Wicket. Wicket smart. Wicket smart. Wicket sandwiches. <laughs> I can't do it. Wicket, wicket good sandwiches. Park your car in Harvard Yard. That's totally boss. Is that what is that? That was uh, that was the be- best accent you've ever heard. I don't know, man. I ain't good at it. I was trying to say bo- being boss in the last episode, and it didn't like work a out. boss. Um, <laughs> how about that? But back in the movie, David, uh, when he's talking through all these Midwest shows being canceled, he's talking to his girlfriend on the phone, and finds out she's flying over from the UK to join them. And he, he gets off the phone to tell, you know, the band. And he's like, oh, she and she says my larynx is fat. <laughs> he's been drinking too much <laughs> sugar, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, when you see, when he's telling them that she's coming, you see Nigel's uh, not happy about it. So, you can tell there's some animosity there. Yep. Is this where they uh, hear a song on the radio? From the... the yes. Old- yeah. Yep. In the in the hotel room. Yeah, they're in the hotel room, and uh, uh, what the old band uh, song. The Tamesman. The Tamesman yeah. song comes on the radio, and uh, the DJ comes on, and he's like, "This band," and they're on. They uh, broke up, and they became Spinal Tap, and they are now in the wonder where they are now pile. So yeah. Did you guys know that the voice is? Um Derek Smalls that's talking on the radio. Oh, is it? Yeah. No, I didn't realize that. That makes sense. I mean, he's a good voice actor, so. Man. That's funny. That's cool. I did not know that either. Um, And that's when they go to, because they're still in Memphis, they go to Graceland to pay respects to Elvis since he's passed. <laughs> um, and, and they start singing. <laughs> The song for him. It's the Heartbreak Hotel, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. But they can't. They can't harmonize. <laughs> yeah, da- David just starts singing it, and then uh, Nigel wants to harmonize with him, <laughs> and they can't figure it out. <laughs> um, yeah, it does not a, go well. Yeah, it's that's a. It's hard to quote that scene because it's just them singing. But it, you gotta check that out if you haven't seen this movie. It's funny. Yeah. Very good. Um, and then that's kind of when it tells you about, um, you know, the hip, their hippie stage, the Peter James Bond, stuff like that. Um, and then they're sound checking at their next show in, uh, what is it, Milwaukee or Minneapolis, somewhere up, up in the further Midwest. 
not important. <laughs> but that's when um, David's girlfriend shows up, Janine. Janine. How are you, Janine? Janine. I'm about to mess up your life. So I dream of Janine. No, that's not right. That's not right. <laughs> um, yeah, and Nigel is not happy. She's there. And, <laughs> you know, uh, at this, um, Ian shows up with the first box of their new record. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and they fixed the cover for sure. Yeah, they, uh, they compromised on the cover. And so, you know, the record label does not have to have the um, the black glove on the record with the naked woman. But they made sure to keep keep it black because the entire album is just pure black. It's like it's going to be like the white album. It's like could it, it couldn't be any blacker than it is right now. <laughs> oh, it's going to be classic. Um. And I love the next scene because it's uh, the show from, you know, that, that night from the sound yeah. check. And the band they have, like, is... these egg things that they're in, right? Yeah, they're like in these eggs, embryos, some kind of weird... <laughs> yeah, they kind of like, like see-through, they're alien-like almost. Right. And like this show's got this nice setup and they're going to open up on cue. It's going to go great. Right, Alex? That's, yeah. And so David's, he's in... They're all in separate eggs. David's egg opens up. He steps up to the mic, starts playing the guitar, singing. And they're playing guitar in the eggs, too. And then um, Nigel's, his egg opens up, so he comes out. And then Derek's egg does not open up. (laughs) (laughs) And he's stuck inside playing the bass all by himself. He's trying to get out, and the little roadie comes out, and he tries to get him out. He's like starts hammering on it, which goes along with the beat of the song. Yeah. And then he gets a, a blowtorch blow out. Torch, yeah. And he's like sneaking up behind him like he's going to warm up the plastic. Right. And uh, they finally start to get the egg open. And right when they're getting it open, David and <laughs> Nigel are back in their eggs because the eggs are going to close up at the end of the song. Yeah. He, he gets out to hit the mic. And then he's like, oh, crap. Turns around and gets their arm back in and closes on his arm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh gosh, man, so good. that scene killed me. It yeah, was so it funny. It was really good. Um, and then I love to, they interview the, the drummer while he's like hanging out in the bathtub. And they're like, aren't you worried about what's going to happen to you? Um, considering the history of drummers in this band. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm not worried. Uh, this is like the only time he talks since he's not an actor, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, I'm not. Um, and then spoiler alert. Uh, he does die later on. I don't know if die is the right word. Well, he's, uh, yeah, he perishes. How about that? He's no longer there. <laughs> um, yeah, and then Janine and, and David, uh, you kind of get to uh, see their relationship, and Janine's very controlling because um, they're mm-hmm. on the bus, the tour bus. And, you know, all the guys are in the back. They're playing this little video game that they have back there. And He's going to go play the game, right? Yeah, he, he wants to he go play. Will. He wants to take a, the sweater off that Janine is making him wear. No, you need to, you need to sit here. You stay up here with me. <laughs> Good boy. Yeah. So, yeah, um, their relationship is she's very controlling of him. And it starts to extend into the band, obviously. Um, yeah, and then I wrote "Lick My Love Pump." 
I, oh, my li- I wrote down like my love pump, and that is somewhere between uh, between his Mozart and his Bach, the uh, the lead singer there. Interesting. Yeah, that's my note that I wrote down. So that's the song. He was inspired, I guess, by classical musicians. And so this is somewhere and it was like my his, love pump. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is somewhere between Mozart and Bach. That's funny. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, my next note is about when they go on to another show. So, do they go back to the documentary at this point, or is it straight to another show? The uh, next well, they... thing I have down is that they're at the airport. Airport, yep. That's okay. what I've got, too. So, they're going to... Oh, that through... part was funny, too. <laughs> yeah, do you want to talk about it, Kristen? Um, I mean, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but um, they're trying to get through airport security, and Derek has to keep going <laughs> back and forth through it because he keeps setting it off and he takes out his coins and empties his pockets he takes his jacket off because of the zipper <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. and then eventually he can't get through without it going off so they use the little wand little, detector yeah. thing and <laughs> like goes over his like crotch <laughs> the bulge and he like pulls out a sock, I think. No, it's it? it looks like a uh, looks like a cucumber wrapped in tin foil, <laughs> which is oh, what's making man. the alarm go off. Yeah, wrapped it's wrapped. Well, I don't know why it's wrapped in tin foil. I guess to make to sure make the thing go off. Is he it is it to make it, it go off? I think so. <laughs> I think he wants it to be found. That's funny. He he looked uh, upset that he had to give it up. So I thought maybe it was just like so it didn't. Um, break inside his pants or something <laughs> uh, but yeah that was hilarious <laughs> I loved um, the bands just sitting there watching him too <laughs> while yeah. he's doing all this a little awkward yeah and then um, I did have they you know they played another because it always goes back to them playing a song and, and every time throughout their tour their venues start getting less and less filled yeah. Um. Obviously, the new record's not taking off. Um. But the keyboardist is also like none of the band other band is like dressed up in costumes. And then at this show, he's dressed up like a mental patient. <laughs> and he's all he's got like a you know the thing on when you get electrocuted, electroshock therapy. <laughs> yeah, like little uh, cups. Right. On, yeah. On his head. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was hilarious because the rest of the band, they're not wearing costumes or anything, but he's dressed up like a metal patient. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so after that, then they go to Chicago um, where they meet their Midwest um, record label guy. Oh, yeah, this, Artie, dude, this dude makes me laugh. He's great. Artie Fufkin. Artie Fufkin. <laughs> and he introduces himself that. to everybody. Artie Fufkin. And he's this like little dirty guy. Who and you know who who plays him? Nope. It is Paul Schaefer. Whoa! From the Letterman <laughs> from, from Let's Late Make Show. A deal? Oh wait, that's somebody else. From, yeah, the band <laughs> band leader from David Letterman, Paul oh, Schaefer. Oh, 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 oh! Nice. Who are you thinking of? What's that one guy's name who does Let's Make a Deal? Wayne, Wayne Brady. Brady. Oh, not Let's Make a Deal. Uh. Wait, Howie Mandel. Is that no what you were talking yeah, about? Howie Mandel. There you go. <laughs> That's what I was thinking for a second. There's too they're many both, game shows with Canadian, deal in right? 
Are they Wayne Brady and no, not or Paul Wayne Schaefer. Brady? <laughs> <laughs> Paul, Paul Schaefer is probably Canadian. And, uh, yeah, and the other guy that I was talking about. I think so. Howie Mandel. But yeah, Artie Artie Fufkin's got a, an autograph signing set up for them at a record store <laughs> for their their <laughs> yeah, black. He's the Midwest promoter. They got a signing for the record. Does and it, go well? um, it uh it goes over. Uh, wonderful if you don't want anyone to show up to. <laughs> but whose get... fault is it? Whose fault is it, Alex? It's it's Artie's fault. He it's wants Artie, them to. He, he's gonna take the blame. Blame him and yeah, k- kick my ass. Kick my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I uh I wrote at the very top of my of my notes. Hey, Alex, kick my ass. Come on, come on, kick my ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's my fault. Which makes I you wonder, I... um, if he. Blew it on purpose, on purpose because he likes to get yelled at. But I don't and... think so. I think they just are a bad band that is not. Yeah, that's going. true. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious that like the band was sitting there and all behind them in the shelves was their album, and it was just like all their <laughs> it's like this, these black album covers. Black, yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> black wall, yeah. That's hilarious. I know that poor album. <laughs> um. I know if you're going to like the compromise to make it actually work, they could have just put a picture of a black glove on the album that that smelled my glove. Come on. But then that wouldn't be funny, but I'm just trying to help the band out. (laughs) They could have just went more sexual. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) go on. I'm listening. Okay. Lady in a, in a black glove, right? And that's it. Like a giant black glove. Can you see her at all? No, no. She's like <laughs> she's like the hamburger helper logo, and it's just like her little legs at the bottom. You can see her feet. Yeah. Yeah. The... That's it. That's oh, the logo. Gosh. That's the cover for the for the album. That's not bad. I'd I'd get that. <laughs> um, next next scene is one of the funniest in the the movie too. It's in Cleveland. Oh wait! At, they have to. They're. They gotta do something with a napkin first, right? No, not yet. No, not yet. Okay. Sorry, that's my next note. Is it yet? Um, I think it's after the Cleveland show. Okay, isn't it, it might be. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I yeah. think it is because the next one, the next note I have, I think is what you're talking about. Okay. Right. It they, says. It says. Oh no! They are lost. <laughs> they cannot find out how to get on stage <laughs> at <Yeah>. the Cleveland. <laughs> <show>. <laughs> And they are wandering around backstage. <laughs> there's that old guy back there. And every time they take off one way, it's no exit. <laughs> and they and find the guy that. Oh yeah, work, working down there. And they're like, hey, how do we get on stage? And he's like, well, you got to go down here, take two rights, and then you're there. He's like, you got you to jog for a while. Yeah, jog <laughs> for a while. <laughs> and the thing about that one is when they go to, they go to what looks like the show, it seems like it's packed. And they're like tap 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 tap. Like, are they popular? All of a sudden, I know. What's happening? I was a little but, uh, on that one. Yeah, so they take it. They follow the guy's directions too to get. They're like, all right, here comes our our fans, and they end up in a, they're going in a circle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you guys must have took a wrong turn. <laughs> oh man! And then yeah, that's when they go to the uh, the restaurant. I think. Okay. 
Um, yes, it is because Janine has a great plan for the band. She's come up with costumes course, for them based on does. their zodiac signs. Oh yeah, yeah, and she sketched them out. You've got you've got the uh, the yin yang. Yeah, yep. The drummer's yin yang because he's Libra. Yep. He's balanced. And then you got uh, I can't remember the other ones. Um, I don't I don't know the signs. Someone was well. Cancer. Yeah, one I think of it was Nigel. Was a crab. Yeah, oh, was and it was it Nigel? I think, or maybe was it was Derek. I think one of them was a Capricorn or something. Yeah, one of them. Oh was yeah, a goat. that was Nigel because he was a goat man. Yeah, a goat man. <laughs> and, and then, then of course, the David lion. was a lion. The lion. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, they, and then also, like, Janine, you think I we love can't you. afford she's to make this blame to do this makeup. That's what Ian says. We can't afford to do this makeup for all these. Yeah. You know how much it's going to cost? You want us to pay for this? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I love to Janine's also blaming the the album. She's like the album was just mixed wrong. That's that's what's going on. <laughs> oh, Janine! Is that when she's like it was something about it in Dubly? <laughs> yeah, it was all in Dubly or something Dubly. like that. And then Nigel's like, "Do you mean Dolby?" <laughs> <laughs> I know Nigel's like an idiot, but when it comes to ridiculing Janine, he's like super smart. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, I shouldn't say super smart, but he's <laughs> smarter than he is the rest of the time. And th- yeah, that's when he's like, "We need to, we need to play Stonehenge." Stonehenge, which is probably like it seems like because I, I remember hearing one of their performances earlier on. Somebody's like, "Play Stonehenge." Yeah. So it must be one of their their better songs, or at least you know their more fun live experiences because they talk about needing to have a whole set of Stonehenge. Yeah, they got to. It's gonna revamp everything. So let's let's sketch it out real quick, and Ian's gonna get on top of it. Yeah. So Nigel sketches it on a napkin, hands it to Ian, and Ian's. So I'm gonna make it happen. And he does. He makes it happen. All right. Yeah. We jump to uh, the person he's taking the um, you know the napkin to. She's got the um, creation, and it is exact to specification because E or Nigel. Does not know American metrics and wrote 18 inches instead of feet <laughs> for the dimensions of this stone edge. So it's, you know, a foot and a half <laughs> tall and wide. Little Stonehenge replica. <laughs> and he's like, what are you thinking? Four people are supposed to stand under here. <laughs> She's like, well, four people ain't going to fit under that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, then it jumps to the the performance, which looks awesome so far. And then from the rafters, <laughs> Stonehenge descends, <laughs> and the band has not seen it yet. <laughs> and How their reactions they? to this, <laughs> they are aghast. Um, oh gosh! And then and yeah, yeah go ahead. Go, no, you go ahead. You could say it. I don't know what to say. The band um, has also. Um, hired two dwarfs to come dance around Stonehenge, <laughs> but they are bigger than <laughs> Stonehenge, and they keep <laughs> tripping on it and tr- stepping uh-huh. on it. <laughs> so it's a disaster, at least, you know, with what they're going for. <laughs> um, And, you know, they go backstage, and everybody's giving Ian crap, especially Janine. Mm-hmm. And you know yeah. Janine and David 
decide that she should take over as co co manager. Co manager. That's a great idea. Ian's gonna Jacob... be super happy about that. And uh, yeah, he takes it well, and they co manage the band, and back. the band takes off and becomes the biggest band in history. And that's the end of the movie. All right, guys, this has been All Takes Three. A move. Oh, I'm just kidding. Wait a minute. Wait, that's not happening. So uh, Ian's like, I ain't dealing with this shit. Hey, my <laughs> damn cricket quits. bat. I'm out of here. Um, so Janine takes over as full-time manager. Um, and I love go? to, uh, so, you know, it jumps to the narrator talking to Derek and asking, you know, you've got David and Nigel at odds and stuff. And it's like fire and ice. And he's like, where do you stand? He's like, I'm. I'm oh, just yeah. in the middle. I'm I'm oh. like lukewarm water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, so they fly out to uh I think Denver, right? Um and there's the venue's been canceled where they're supposed to play, but they've got a new gig at a an Air at Force an Air Force base, yeah. This is gonna it's go the, great. Yeah, the, Well, before they get to the Air Force base, don't they go to like a recording studio? Because that's what I have written down. They're like in a recording studio and they show David and Nigel fighting. Because they're like trying to play something. But they're both trying to like change oh, yeah. it on each other. That. Yeah, because. Uh, yeah, I do remember that. And so he storms off and says, you can record it yourself or something like that. Yeah, so it yeah. like starts showing like there's definitely something. There's a riff for sure. Yeah, exactly. And then it goes to the. Yeah, Air then we've got show. we're at the Air Force Base. And the guy setting up the, the performance is played the character is played by Fred Willard. Uh, yes, um, he is. The late, late great Fred Willard now. Sadly passed away recently. Yeah. Love Fred Willard. Whoa. Crash Bandicoot over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, Yeah, we just they're all on uh you know, R and R or whatever. They need to relax <laughs> and the band they've hired is a heavy metal <laughs> band ready to sing the song sex farm woman <laughs> <laughs> this movie's great guys <laughs> this um, so good and while they're performing because nigel plays with a wireless amp yep connected to his which guitar at some point in time i don't know if i mentioned this before that that was you know, when he was showing off his guitars to the narrator he showed off his wireless guitar, and I was like, "Man, 1984, a wireless guitar—that's pretty awesome." When did that technology come about? Because that's that's awesome, 1984, right? Yeah, I'm not too sure when that um, really came about, but yeah, must not have been too widely used then. <laughs> yeah, but and maybe part of the reason why is because it uh, picks up CB radio signals. <laughs> yeah, which at the airport Air Force Base, I was like, "Is that?" Is something going on to somebody coming over the inter- like a certain intercom system that's I was a little confused at first and then he Nigel's over here listening to it and he can't get it to shut off so he throws it on the ground and he gets out of there. He quits the band right there during the show. Yeah, he's done. He's, he's pissed. He's fed up. Is that not right, Kristen? What? No, I thought I heard something. Sorry oh, okay. guys. I was like, she looks so confused. I was like, this is what the hell. It sounded like somebody farted. (laughs) Did one of you fart? I did not. 
I mean, Alex. I can if you need me to. No, I swear I heard it. So All right, here we <laughs> it go. was hold like, up, hold up. wait a second. um okay sorry but yes i agree what do you agree with i don't know (laughs) are you even listening to your own podcast right now no like i was legit looking up um when was the first wireless guitar (laughs) did you find anything out i found that there was a wireless guitar system developed in 1975 Engineered and prototyped by Ken Ken Schaefer in New York City. Interesting. So, ha. Ha ha. That's, don't pay attention and do my own thing. See what happens. I find information. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being here to the podcast, Kristen. Awesome. So, uh, they go to, they're in California now. And they're going to perform at a, (laughs) they've, they've, uh, risen so far from their um, arena shows that they're now performing at a theme park and on the marquee it says puppet show and And. spinal tap (laughs) and he says I deliberately said no that's what Janine says Janine says I deliberately said spinal tap and puppet show (laughs) spinal tap first so we know who's got top billing here Yeah. (laughs) and at this show at the theme park um, Spinal Tap is kind of doing its, do, trying to be a little experimental. Spinal Tap Mark Two. <laughs> Derek is playing like some weird bass solo. Yeah, he's like, we have to do Jazz Odyssey because yeah, they Odyssey. couldn't play their other music because they couldn't get the notes right for Nigel's part. And Jazz and so Odyssey. He's like, yeah, he's like, we got to do Jazz Odyssey. <laughs> Which Jazz Odyssey for the if you haven't watched is. Freeform jazz, so it's gonna it's gonna go great. <laughs> yeah, and um, Derek's playing some great bass, I guess <laughs> jazz bass. <laughs> I don't know at what point this happens, but between in my notes between the Air Force show and Jazz Odyssey, I have thirty-seven people in band. LOL. So I don't right, know that's that. why I was thinking that they had um, a bunch of different drummers. Yeah, so I don't between. know where that came in. Or at what like I don't know what happens in between that, but that's what I have in my notes. So there's thirty-seven people in the band, I guess, and <laughs> I don't know. And you know, Nigel and David have been there the whole time, and Derek, pretty much. Yeah. So it's mostly the been key- drummers, keyboards. Yeah, and the keyboardist probably. Um. So yeah, and then thirty-two other drummers. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. On the uh, on the Spinal Tap band page on Wikipedia. There's definitely a whole bunch of uh, bunch of people, so it's a very long list. So more than thirty-seven, I would say, or maybe I don't know how much thirty-seven looks like in terms of a list form. Oh gosh! And um, when does our uh, drummer Mick meet his fate? Um, Mick, oh Mickey boy, Mickey boy, is it here? Or no, is I it think it's it's at the last song that they play when the Nigel Los Angeles, comes up, you know. Gotcha. So yeah, the um, they play that, and then they go to the uh, final stop on the tour in Los Angeles and have an end of the tour party. And it's like on a rooftop where a bunch of other people are hanging out too, like I, <laughs> that they've secured. Um, there's like old people sunbathing by the pool and mm-hmm. stuff. 
perfect audience for Spinal Tap. Yep. So they're uh, they've gone from you know their start of the tour party was in a, a catered party at the record label, and now they're at some rooftop that's not even secured for themselves. <laughs> um, I also wrote Saucy Jack. I cannot remember what that refers. That's uh, the rock musical that Derek was talking about. Saucy Jack. That's yeah. They're oh, gonna yeah. write a musical about Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Right. You're a naughty one. Yeah, they're like, one. we got we saucy don't need a, Jack. You know, maybe it's time to wrap up the band. It's like, yeah, remember we were we were talking about writing a rock musical based on the life of Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Oh man, that's so funny. It's great. Um. Yeah. So then that they go to the uh, um the show and you know nigel shows up and he's back yeah before they go on stage um he's like hey hey guys i you know they want us to um go tour japan yeah he ran into ian and apparently their record is doing great it's number five on the charts japan yeah so they they need to get over there and nigel's like come on let's put the old band back together (laughs) (laughs) and Janine is like, no, uh-uh, no, and kind of, you know, doesn't let David um, agree to it. But then they go yeah. out on on stage and they're rocking out I, and play. It's going okay. And uh, that's and they're they're playing that same song from the be- excuse me beginning. beginning of the movie. Yeah, and then he gives. And that's the when you kind of really hear some of those problematic lyrics. I, yeah, like, on my notes I wrote the name of the song, the Tonight I'm Gonna Rock You, and then after underneath that I put WTF song question mark question mark question mark. <laughs> yeah, because he's um the lyrics he's like uh let me see if I if it's on this page I'm looking at. <clears throat> nope. But he's like, You're just fourteen Still oh, got yeah. your baby teeth. Tonight I'm going to rock you. Tonight rock I'm you up tonight. Rock. Yeah, I forgot Yikes. about that. That's terrible. Uh, but yeah, the bands, they're missing their lead, their other lead guitarist. So Nigel is watching them play and he gets on stage and they got the, the old band back together and we've got a an explosion on yeah. stage. Nigel comes back and then the drummer explodes and I wrote down that he turns into uh Horatio Sands but that's not who it really is it's just what it looked like to me yeah they've got a a new drummer that shows them in Japan playing there now and yep and that's Joe, uh, Mama, Joe Besser. Mama Besser yep sorry and he also <laughs> explodes on stage yeah. <laughs> so Says, poor drummers uh, don't don't be a drummer in a uh, spinal tap if you can avoid it it said he's <laughs> According to Wikipedia, he's portrayed by Fred Asparagus. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It's red, so I don't know how to much to trust that. And uh, yeah, and that's um. That's about the Ian movie. is back managing the band, and you, you know they're kind of back where they started. Only now in Japan, where they are having some success, and of course, as we know with this band, they're going to chase. Any type of success they can they can find, no matter what that what that means. <laughs> um, and then yeah, it goes to the credits, and then through the credits, they're kind of just showing other snippets of interviewing the band. Um, and there's some really great lines in that. I love. Um, he's talking to 
uh, Derek, and he's like, you know, do you is, do you feel that rock and roll music keeps you young? It keeps you in the state of rest of development. And he's like, no, no, it's it's more like I'm going to a national park, and you know, they preserve the moose. Oh. And that's me. I'm 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 a preserved moose. So when you're playing rock and roll and you're on stage, you feel like a preserved moose. Yeah. <laughs> so ridiculous it's so funny and then um another funny one is david is talking about how well read he is and he's like i believe virtually everything i read and i think that's what makes me uh more you know a better human is than someone who doesn't believe anything because i believe everything <laughs> <laughs> hmm. oh gosh yeah i like this movie awesome yeah, any, anything else to add to the movie? To the end of it, I mean? Not not, not about the movie or the end, per se. I like the movie. I can see why it's a cult classic. I really enjoyed the whole thing. And, uh, I When I watched it, I watched it in two different sittings. I paused it halfway through and then came back to it. And it flowed for me the whole time. I didn't, I don't know, I really enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. I really liked it. Um, this was my first time watching it through. Um, I really liked the comedy and like the the improvisation with the actors. Like they really had good timing together, and mm-hmm. like that's what made it even more funny. On um, some scenes like that weren't even really meant to be funny. I think, but their timing was perfect, and so yeah, they... it really like all came together. They do so good. Um, do selling it straight. I mean, you gotta have that in a mockumentary where they're, uh, you know, make it seem like the, everything they're saying is real. You know, it's not a joke. Yeah, it's all serious. <laughs> like, this yeah, is really, their life, and yeah, they do a real it's great a, job. It's great. Yeah, and from I, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, it's definitely I would recommend watching it, obviously, because it's a cult classic, and you know, I think my my expectations might've been a little, a little high for it. Um, but it, it, it does have a lot of like quotable lines and stuff like that. Um, but I've just seen so much office and things like that too, where I'm, I kind of felt like they did pioneer the mockumentary with this movie, but I think it, you know, they've probably perfected it more with things like the office and, um, Borat and stuff like that. Yeah. They definitely improved upon, upon the, uh, the art form, but I think this one had a lot of moments in it that were seemed seemed definitely unplanned. That were right. perfect, and it's almost like if this was made at any other point in time, I don't think it would have been. It would right. have had the same. Could and, you imagine seeing this movie for the first time when it came out? Like, what the hell did I just watch? You know? Yeah. Cause... Well, for sure. Well, like with that, because. Um, I read a thing that said that like when Ozzy Osbourne and them, uh, like Black Sabbath and them watched it, it, like Ozzy wasn't laughing at any of it. Like he didn't understand at first that it was a fake documentary. <laughs> like he thought it was real, and he like even goes on to say like that it's been like like a lot of it's truthful of like how bands tour and everything but at first when he was watching it he was like the only one not laughing and he couldn't understand why everybody else was laughing wow but i thought that was funny <laughs> that's crazy yeah because it wasn't 
like you said at the beginning, Alex, it didn't. It wasn't really popular at the very beginning when it first came out right. in uh, in eighty four. Uh, I guess the cult following didn't happen until it was released on VHS uh, in two thousand in two thousand two or something like that. Nah, it must have been more famous before that. According to Wikipedia, it wasn't. I feel like it. Uh, yeah, I mean, who knows when it really hit fame? But I feel like I heard yeah. about it as a kid. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm just saying, you know, um, okay. I don't know. For sh- I don't know for sure. I'm just saying what I f- feel like I remember. But yeah, and then the other thing, great thing about this movie is the band. The band sounds great too. Like, I feel like I could go watch one of their concerts and have fun. Which uh, which form of the band though? Um, Spinal Tap or the the new originals? The new originals. I I, I <laughs> want to see uh, I want to see when they were the originals before they became the new originals. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely this is definitely like a benchmark movie though, because yeah, like we said, they they pretty much created a new genre and put Rob Reiner on the map, Michael McKean, Christopher Guest, who. Christopher Guest went on to write more of these mockumentary-style movies and direct them himself. Um, so, yeah, this really was a Kickstarter of a lot. That's awesome. So, um, you know, we usually wrap up our uh, final thoughts of, of the movie with our um, star rating out of five. For myself, I gave it three and a half stars. Um, I thought it was, you know, pr- pretty good movie. But I think maybe the high expectations and then everything like that, I didn't blow it out of the water for me, but I did really enjoy it. So it's a solid three and a half. I also gave it three and a half stars. Um, I didn't have the expectations. Uh, I enjoyed the movie. Like I said, I watched, uh, when I watched it, I laughed at a lot of parts. Um, overall, I felt like the story was a little flat, uh, you know following a band just kind of interesting but then they're just like okay now they're just back on tour again like nothing really you know they go through an issue and they get back together i mean that's what happens with bands though i know but i just wanted you know i don't know three and a half Kristen, i gave it four stars (laughs) um i thought this movie was amazing (laughs) i love this movie um I think it's become one of my top favorites now. Um, I just, I really appreciate the comedy in it. Um, The story was good. I like a good, like, rise to fame and a fall. And they, like, realize that they all work together. They come back together. It's all good. Um, I, I just like this movie, so I gave it four stars. Awesome. So we all liked it. More than three. Boom! Yay! <laughs> Suck on that. Yes, definitely, definitely three recommend um, from all of us. So, and that's our first uh, film in uh, the mockumentary theme. So next up on the uh, the rotation hey, is. I just thought about this right now. Should we yeah. stop calling it a mockumentary theme and the mockumentary treasure hunt? The mockumentary hunt. The mockumentary hunt, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And then for the next one, whatever it is, hunt. Yeah, so um yeah, the mockumentary treasure hunt is underway. That was our first 
um, Discovery. And so our next movie we're going to um, cover is My Selection. And I am choosing the film What We Do in the Shadows. So right. it's a it's a pretty recent film, one I don't think any of us have seen, right? Nope. No, yeah, I haven't seen that. So this will be um this will be some more treasure for all of us. Um so yeah, that'll be in 2 weeks we'll cover that that movie. Um I know we'll probably have to retcon some of our expectations. We're going to release our episodes every 2 weeks. Um awesome. And then Jacob will wrap up our theme with his movie, which we can fi- wait and find out. Unless you want to announce it now, uh, Jacob. I don't know. I'm. I got. A, I got two movies I'm trying to choose from. I mean, there's one that I've seen before that I might choose because I want to talk about it because I love it. And there's another one that I want to watch, so I might choose that one. I don't know. I'll let you know next week. All right. In two we'll, weeks. We'll Whatever. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, any final thoughts, guys? No. Nope. <laughs> All right. I I appreciate the the hard thought. On, I was uh, thinking about it. I was. The are hard there thought. thought on are final are there any thoughts in here? I was looking around. There were none in there. So. Um. <laughs> so yeah, that wraps up our episode this um this week. We appreciate you guys sticking around. Um, of course, we want to plug our um show's Twitter handle. You can catch us on Twitter at. I'll take three podcast and that's I L L take number three podcast. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter at Alex expressed. I'm at Jacob Dukeshire. And I'm at, I am Kristen one. Awesome. And, uh, you know, we plugged them earlier. I also just want to give a quick plug to the, um, show filmoscopy. Um, a, a podcast from our our buddies, and they you know they cover a film every about couple of weeks too. Um, that they usually one of them um, you know has a fond fondness for. So definitely check them out. Very funny podcast. Uh, but that wraps us up for this week, and we'll see you guys in a couple weeks with what we do in the shadows. Catch on the flippy flop, guys. Bye. Bye bye.